Our scripture today comes from Isaiah chapter 65, verses 17 through 25. For I'm about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind, but be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy, and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it, or the cry of the distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days, or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth, and one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together the lion shall eat straw like the ox, but the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. Who do we choose to be? In January 2020, a couple months before the pandemic started, I and along, along with some other clergy members and staff of the previous church where I worked, went to Disney World. We got the opportunity to visit and to be a part of their Disney Institute because we wanted to learn about their model of excellence and how they incorporate it in everything that they do. During the course, one of the instructors shared with us the story of Disney World and some bits of information that most people would not have known. They shared that when Walt Disney went to city officials in Orlando in the early 60s about his dream of building a theme park in the Bay Lake area, they thought he was crazy. They thought he was crazy because the area he was looking at had nothing but swamps and marshland and it was way in the boondocks. There was nothing there. There were no buildings, no roads, no form of industry, nothing. And so they thought he would have had to be crazy to try and build something where there was not already a destination location. There was no one there. There was nothing going on there. It was not the place that they could foresee a theme park. Walt Disney and his brother Roy had already built Disneyland in Anaheim, California, 
but Walt wanted a bigger dream of what, had a bigger dream of what he wanted to offer the world. You see, he had loved theme parks. As a child, he would go there and it would seem like when families bring their children to the theme park, they would actually escape the hardships of life and in that moment, in those few days, they would have fun. And so he wanted to create something where families could go and enjoy themselves. And he wanted it of a different class, a different standard of excellence. And so he went looking and he landed in Florida. The city officials thought his idea was preposterous, especially because of where he was looking. They said that Walt, along with some of the persons on his team, would drive on a golf cart and look at the area day in and day out and, and envision what they could see, what they would imagine being there. And weeks after weeks, they would go back and, and look and measure, and, and he would talk with architects about what he's thinking and how that could be built. And so finally, he went back to the city officials who still thought he was crazy and told them he wanted to purchase the land. They sold it to him, you know, knowing they would make some money, but thinking that nothing would come of it. He bought the property and he set the plans in place for building the dream theme park he had in mind. Walt Disney died 1966 when they had just started planning the complex. And even at one point, the, the board of directors struggled whether they should continue building the theme park or not. And his brother Roy, who had retired, came out of retirement to work alongside them to ensure that Walt's dream would come to fruition. In 1971, the theme park was finally opened. Walt Disney did not get the chance to witness his dream come to life as he had imagined, but his legacy lives on long after him. Today, Walt Disney is the most famous theme park in the world. It's also the most visited vacation resort in the world. Every year, almost 58 million people go to Disney World. And I'm thinking most of you, if not all of you, have been there or you have been held captive there by your children. <laughs> they have hired over 78,000 people across the world. And they bring joy into the lives of so many. Walt Disney had a dream that he envisioned that he wanted to bring to life. He saw the possibilities of what could have been even though those who he had gone to first could not see it. Today we are continuing our sermon series, Who Do We Choose to Be? And I want us to focus this morning on being a people who look beyond the present. Our reading from Isaiah this morning, we hear the word of God coming to the prophet and telling him what God is going to do. But it's important for us to have some backstory of why that word came. You see, the children of Israel had been in exile in Babylon for over 70 years. And when the remnant came back to Jerusalem, they realized they came back to almost nothing. The temple was destroyed, the walls were broken down, and the city was in ruin. And the people kept on living in their rebellious way. 
And the prophet living among them saw all the destruction around him. He saw all the ways of rebelliousness around him and he called out to God. And if you remember, this is the second week in a row we are hearing the prophet lamenting, right? We hear the lament of the prophet. He called out to God. In chapter 64, the prophet Isaiah said, if you would only rend the heavens, O God, and come on down and, and see what is happening in Midtown. If you would only tear open the skies and come on down and, and see what is happening in Atlanta. If you would only come down, God, and, and see what is happening in America, in the world, here in Jerusalem. You know, my paraphrasing. If you would only come on down, O God. And then the word came to the prophet. The word came to him, and, and from the, the translation that was read, it says, Behold, but my preferred translation is, See, see, I am making a new heavens and a new earth. I am doing away with the former, and I'm bringing in something new. Look, can you perceive it? Can you see it? Can you be a part of the vision I have for humanity? The prophet cried out to God and God responded saying, Behold, see, look, I am creating something new. What God was telling the prophet is that I am creating a preferred future, a better future for humanity. I am creating something new. Do you want to be a part of it? You see, what I love about this C translation, it's basically saying, not just with your eyes, because if you focus only on what you see with your eyes, you may stay in the valley of despair. If you only focus on what you can see physically, you may not be able to move on to the next chapter or the next level that I have to take you. But perceive with your mind, can you understand? Can you perceive, can you discern what I'm doing? You see, God has always been calling humans to see the bigger picture. And ever so often we get short-sighted because we only see what is in front of us. And God is always calling us to a new and a, and a different and a better reality. If you read through the gospel, if you read through the, the, the Bible, if you start from Genesis, even then you will hear the story of Abraham. God called them from his father's house and said, come to a land where I will bless you. Come to a land, Abraham, where I will make your name great and I will give you descendants more than the stars in the sky. Abraham had never left his father's area. He didn't know what was out there for him and it would have been a step of faith for him to go beyond what he was accustomed to. His present reality was what he knew. All that he knew was wrapped up in his father's tribe and clan. But God called him and said, Abraham, come, I have a plan for you. Can you see it? And by faith, Abraham got up and left all he knew, took his wife, took his belongings, and went to a land he had never been before. God is doing something new and has been doing something new throughout all of humanity. But can we perceive it? Can we discern it? Can we see it? Today, the question I have for us as a church is will we look beyond our present situation? The question I have for us as St. Mark, can we see what God is doing in the world? 
Are we ready to join alongside the new thing that God is doing? I know sometimes the situations around us may seem dark and it may seem like we do not have enough resources or it may seem like we do not have enough man or woman power, but if we trust God, if we trust that God is doing something new and God is calling us to co-labor with Jesus Christ, then we can step out in faith. And so I ask the question, what is the new thing that we can do in Midtown? What is the new thing that we as St. Mark can join alongside Christ who is already working in the world and be a part of and do in our community? You see, God has a bright and preferred future for all of us, including for us, St. Mark United Methodist Church. Can we see it? Last week, we talked about the prophet Habakkuk and how he lamented to God. He had looked around and everything was in despair. And he said, you know, the just, the righteous people shall live by faith. But it didn't end there because later in chapter 3, when he, had, when he had cried out to God and he declared that the righteous shall live by their faith, he went on to say, though the fig tree does not blossom and there are no grapes on the vine, though the crops may fail and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and there are no cattle in the stall, yet I rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. He had the eyes, the spiritual eyes, discerning eyes to see beyond where he was. Today is All Saints Sunday as we shared earlier. And, and, and there are so many who have gone on before us. There are so many who, who had the eyes of faith to keep the course of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. Even when they were challenged on every side, they, they had the eyes to discern the blessing of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so when death came at their door, they probably weren't afraid because they knew the same God who was with them on this side of life is the same God who will be with them on the other side of life. And so they have ran the course, they have kept the faith, and now they're at a place of eternal rest with God. But I want to say to us as a church that the saints are not only people who die, we are also the saints, and we also have a responsibility to stay the course of being a disciple of Jesus Christ. We also have a responsibility to change our world, to partake in what God is doing in the world. We have a responsibility. God is doing a new thing, and God is inviting us into this new thing. Can we perceive it? Can we see it? Can we discern it? God is calling us to do a different thing. A friend of mine shared a story with me last week when I was away at Lake Junalaska for the conference. He told the story of how there was this little boy when he was born, the doctors told his mom that he probably wouldn't live beyond the age of five. He had a congenital heart defect. And so every year, the mom and, his, and the dad would celebrate his birthday fully. They would go all the way out. And over time, the little boy, especially around Halloween, developed a love for monsters. You know how that is. You put on those costumes and you go boo in the dark and you scare people. The little boy had a, a love for monsters. 
And at one earlier when they had gone to the doctor, the doctor told them that time was winding down. And so they were, they were trying to make sure he, he had the most of every day that he lived here on earth. And they asked him, son, what would you like for this Halloween? What would you like? And he said, you know, I, I want to go where there, I want to go to a theme park where there are monsters. And they went back to the doctor and they asked the doctor, can we take him? And the doctor says, no, he's too fragile. I would not recommend that you take him. So the parents put their head together and wonder what they could do. And, and they decided, we're going to throw him a party here in the neighborhood. And so they posted on Facebook saying, you know, if you are here, this is our son. And they call his name and we're going to have a monster party for him. Come on out and cheer him up. On the day of Halloween, they thought just a few neighbors from the community would come. But they were surprised when thousands of people who had seen that post on Facebook showed up in their monster costume to celebrate this as a boy. They showed up to celebrate him and to, to make him have a good time and he had the time of his life. You may look at that, that crowd of people and just simply see them as monsters, people dressed up as monsters, but I truly believe they were saints, people who showed up to fill the life of a boy who needed that good and wonderful blessing of the saints. Church, I tell you this morning that God is doing a new thing. And we can celebrate the lives of the saints who have gone before us, but we have something to do right here, right now. And God is calling us beyond where we are. So I pray this morning, I pray that for all of us, that we will have the eyes to see, we will have the eyes to perceive and to discern what God is doing in the world. Do not be left behind, St. Mark. Let us not be left behind. Let's perceive what God is doing in the, work, in the world. God is doing a new work. And I think and I believe with all my heart that God is calling us to be a part of it. And I pray, I so pray, that we will have the eyes to see. Amen.